Good morning. I'd like to welcome the visitors this morning. We are really honored that you chose to come and worship with us. Thank you for coming. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I do just thank you this morning for the privilege of being here and hearing those testimonies, Lord. Lord, I just I just thank you for that. Thank you for each one here, Lord. And I pray that you would guide my lips and help me to edify and bless each one here and honor and glorify you. And I just want to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. A long time ago, there was a group of people who saw the need to separate themselves from a lot of the wickedness that was going on around them. They called themselves the separated ones. They were believers in the one true God. They believed in eternal rewards for those who lived righteously. They grew to an estimated 6,000 people. The land they lived in was occupied by a foreign power. But they had no problem with that. It enabled them to avoid politics and give their time to worship their God. They were, for the most part, non-resistant. They supported the poor and widows of their community. They took care of their elderly. They spent much time in prayer and worship. They were, for the most part, well-educated. And due to their right living and generosity, they had the support and the goodwill of the common people in the area. They were lifted up and respected as those who were righteous. Everyone here who's old enough to read has heard the word, the name, that means the separated ones. Can anybody tell me? Let's exclude uh, Earl or Brian, but can anybody tell me the names of these people that I'm talking about? The Pharisees. Who was that? Who said that? Yeah, okay. Thank you. They were the Pharisees. The word Pharisees means separated ones in Hebrew. And I want to talk this morning for a little bit how we can be good Pharisees. We need to trust in ourselves that we're more righteous than those around us. We have arrived. (laughs) We need to be thankful for our own righteousness. We're certainly better than those around us who are sinners, aren't we? We should feel sorry for those that pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. We need to constantly be looking for supernatural signs to confirm our faith. We should make sure everyone around us is aware of our righteousness. We need to show them our giving and let everyone know when we're praying and fasting. Number five, we need to be righteously offended when those around us do or teach things that are a little differently than we would teach. As you know, there's some people that just don't fit in uh, where we are. They just, they just don't quite see things the way we do. They, don't, they just don't fit in. And we, <coughs> we just don't have to be very accepting of everybody. We should realize, of course, that all those that are a little more conservative than we are are legalistic. Those who are a little more liberal are licentious. 
God fits neatly in our little box. We want to keep him there. We have everything all figured out, and please don't try to tell us anything different than what we already believe. And we need to be quick to condemn those who think, see things a little differently than ourselves. You know, we can't all be right. If we see someone abusing the Sabbath, we should be quick to condemn it. After all, it will, see, it will help others to see how righteous we are. And number 10, we should come up with rules on how we should live and dress that have to do with uniformity and obedience. Everybody should be willing to obey us. Our rules don't have to be scriptural. We want to lift up the scriptures as teaching on how we should live, unless, of course, it contradicts how we live. In that case, we make an allowance to justify ourselves. I hope you all realize by now that this is just hyperbole or intentional exaggerations. Jesus had a real problem with the Pharisees. And if we become like them, he will have problems with us as well. Why did Jesus have such a problem with them? He said we should do as they say. We just shouldn't do as they do. They talk right things. His problem with the Pharisees can all be summed up in one word. What is that word? Pride. Pride. Very good. <laughs> it's pride. They were proud of their righteousness, and their pride turned any righteousness that they had into hypocrisy. Their pride turned any righteousness that they had into hypocrisy. They thought that they were really, really great people. And by that, even if they did right things, even if they said right things, Jesus called them hypocrites. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Jesus tells us that he did not come for the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. If he didn't come or die for the righteous, how many people did he exclude? How many people does he exclude when he says he didn't come for the righteous? We read in Romans that there is none righteous. So Jesus really did not exclude anyone. He only excluded those who think they are righteous. If we don't change our thought on that, if we think we are righteous then we are not part of, <coughs> of the kingdom. But God did not exclude anyone. He includes all of us in our desire that none should be lost, but all should come to repentance. If you like, you can turn to Luke 18, 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into a temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Now, the publicans weren't only sinners. They were, they were uh, way down the bottom of the ladder according, from, the, from the Pharisees because they were 
tax collectors, and, and they considered them crooks and very wicked people. So uh, Jesus really was making a point where he called him a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You know, it's not hard to to uh, uh, consider ourselves righteous if we compare ourselves with the the right people, the wrong the, or the wrong people. If we make those kind of comparisons, uh, we can compare ourselves with extortioners and adulterers, and we can we can come a, a look pretty righteous. But that's not who we should compare ourselves with, is it? If we compare ourselves with our Lord Jesus, we will be sufficiently humbled and we'll be able to see ourselves the way God sees us. <coughs> I, uh, I thought about it that uh, if you see sheep in a green field somewhere, the sheep will look very white. But if you see sheep with a background of snow, sometimes you can see how how gray and how dark they really are. They're not as white as you thought they were. And we are not as white as we think we are sometimes. I'm sure maybe maybe a lot of people see this different, but uh, I don't, I'm sure not. Anyway, getting back to this, uh, the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now let's do an appraisal on that story, or analyze these verses a little bit. It tells us here that the publican was justified. Now that he's been justified, he surely wouldn't be expected to voice that same prayer in the future, would he? Or would he? Would he go to the synagogue the next the next Sabbath and say, "Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this like other people, and especially not like this Pharisee over here. I've been justified. I am now a child of God." I don't believe that he had to pray anymore. He was justified. He didn't have to pray anymore for salvation or justification. But brothers, to pray for forgiveness and mercy is a good thing. And to see our need, we have not yet arrived. At least I haven't. I have so many shortcomings. In Philippians 3, 12, 14, Paul tells us, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul said he saw the need to be careful lest he himself would be a castaway. Even if we, even if we conquer all our thoughts, life, and all our, our uh, everything that we that we do, and if we conquer all our sins of omission, if we conquer the sins of commission and everything, 
our next Satan tries to come from all angles, and we will be attacked with the temptation to pride if we if we if we feel like we have everything conquered. We can also read in First John one eight to ten. <coughs> if we ha- if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. One little word in this passage jumped out at me. What do you think it was? It's the word we. John included himself. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. He didn't say, if you say you have no sin. Or we can soon, we can point at other people. But the Apostle John included the word we. So I think we all can pretty, we all can include that, that little word we. Again, if we're born again, we don't have to pray for salvation. We have salvation. But to continually see ourselves in need of the cleansing power of the blood of Christ and the mercy of a loving Savior, to continually plead for that is a good thing. I believe that the broken and contrite spirit that saved us is what will keep us saved. In our Purple Martin songbook, the author uh, has changed the words of a song, and it's the song, Come Thou Fount of Many Blessings. Are you familiar with the change, Josh? <laughs> the original words to the last part of the last verse are, Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. The author changed it to sore temptation, Lord, I feel it. Passion strains to tempt my love. I confronted him. I asked him about it. He said, well, he didn't like that because he's not prone to leave the God he loves. So he changed the words. And that's great for him. But I like the original words better because, brothers and sisters, I'm prone to wonder. I'm prone to leave the God I love. I need God to take my heart and seal it for the courts above. I need that. I desperately need the leash of the Bible and the Holy Spirit to keep me in his fold. That's, that's all I can ask for. I'm sure that on this side of eternity, I will continue to fall short. I need the continual cleansing of the blood of Jesus and the washing of the word. I need that continual cleansing. But what about the Holy Spirit? Shouldn't the Holy Spirit keep us from sinning? You know, <clears throat> I have seen in my life, and I'm sure Earl's, maybe some of the others, I've seen such an abuse of people who said they were being led by the Holy Spirit. And when people say they're led by the Holy Spirit, uh, so many times they, they go in a direction that you know is unscriptural. You know it's not, they're not going the right way. They're not doing the right thing. But they say they're being led of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God, I don't think we can lift the Holy Spirit too high. But if we get it lopsided and we lift it higher than the 
than God's word or the church. God tries. God wants to lead us by his word, the Holy Spirit, and the church. And if we lift one higher than the other, we don't think we need the others. All we need is the Holy Spirit. It just, it just doesn't come out right many times. I've seen people, they don't, need, they don't need the written word. They just need the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't come out right. Do we not believe that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was rebuked by Paul for his relationship with the Gentiles? How about Paul and Barnabas when they had their falling out? They were apostles. Weren't they filled with the Holy Spirit? Maybe they needed to read 1 Corinthians 13, huh? But seriously, the imperfections of God's people in the Bible are actually a real encouragement to me. I'm sure it's due to my own imperfections, shortcomings, and outright failures that, that the shortcomings of God's people in the Bible are an encouragement rather than a detriment to We can have... <coughs> I believe we can have total confidence in the faithfulness of Jesus. We can have total confidence. But I think my confidence in myself needs to be much more limited. <laughs> That's uh, it for the message there. But I, I, I brought something else along. How many of you get Pablo Yoder's emails? Did you read the last one? Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to read something that was in this. It's it's kind of has a little bit to do with the message this morning, but it has to do with the church and where we need to be, I think. So I'm going to read it. It's addressing a church. If you don't become a reconciler of the lost, you will become an evaluator of the saved. There is something inherent in our nature that wants people wants to see people get right with God. And if we don't direct it at the lost, we will direct it at the saved. Then, instead of pursuing sinners, we will spend our time policing the saints. All of us have been called to be fishers of men. But when those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. When energy that was meant to be used outside the church is used inside the church, the result is explosive. Instead of casting nets, we cast stones. Instead of becoming reachers of the lost, we become critics of the saved. Instead of extending helping hands, we point accusing fingers. Instead of helping the hurting, we hurt the helpers. And sadly, the lost go unreached. The poor unfed. The confused go uncounseled. But when those are called to fish, fish, they flourish. Souls are reached, lives are changed, and the world is impacted. Thank you for listening. God bless each one of you.